0: Yeah, could you even tell that it switched from the riff to me? That's right. It's us. We're back. Episode 9. It's been a while, longer than we said it would be, but we, we came back, as always, and hopefully you did as I asked, and I don't remember what the exact tweet was, but it was close to William Hartnell's farewell speech from the first episode of Doctor Who. Anyways, hello, it is I, Tom
1: it's and i'm zach
0: and that's zach and we're back for round nine ding ding fight so listen zach a few things have changed since the last time yeah first of all we gave craig a raise that's our producer yeah secondly um so if you notice the quality increasing it's because craig's finally putting in the work he's paid instead of silently quitting yeah Secondly, uh, it has come to my attention that uh, Zach is no longer a ground boy.
1: That is, that is correct. I am no longer a ground boy. I am a, I am a sky boy soaring through the clouds like a mighty eagle. That's right,
0: everybody. For the first time in his 25 years of life, Zach got on a plane. I did get
1: on a plane. Can I make it somewhat clear? Uh, I had no fear of flying on a commercial aircraft. That was not the reason I had never flown before. He was just afraid of flying on a private aircraft. Morally, yes. Disagree with that. I also uh, definitely have reservations as to helicopters. And Um, military aircraft. And military aircraft. Uh, And even private aircraft got some complaints with that too. Um, Just safety-wise, was not worried about flying on a plane. Uh, my family never goes anywhere we can't drive to. So um, flying just was not like a thing we did on vacation. We had, there were four kids. So getting tickets for six people to go anywhere never fully seemed feasible, I think, to my parents. So yeah, 25 years, never flew. Flew uh, last week. Uh, and yeah, had a good time. It was soaring, flying. There ain't a star in a ha- Okay. Did you see a star and
0: think of Disney's Wish?
1: I did not think of Disney's Wish. Uh, mainly because I flew like during at the midday, like both mm. flights, there and back.
0: Everybody, since the last time we've talked, I've also started a new job, and let me tell you something. I feel alive. I feel invigorated. I feel. I feel just more energy than I've felt in, in, in years, honestly, if we're being quite frank. I don't know if you can tell, but I am pumped every day to live my life, uh, which I'm told is how you're supposed to do it. Now, additionally, Zach, your first flight, your first flying experience, was it closer to the Liam Neeson movie, Nonstop or the George Clooney movie,
1: um uh, up in the air
0: up in the air
1: i have not seen either of those i will say it was a nonstop flight uh so in name only it probably it's like the liam neeson film
0: um did you, did you get a funny airport story a funny little anecdote anything that happened that was a goof
1: um uh it my first flight got delayed about it got pushed back about an hour just as i was getting close to where the airport was i went i drove to a different city to fly because flights were cheaper out of said city than the one i currently live in and it was within a drivable distance so i drove to that city and just as i was getting into that city and semi-close to said airport, uh, I got a message that my flight was delayed an hour. Classic. Yep. Yep. And then, uh, so I went, to, I found like a bookstore and hung out at the bookstore for like an hour. And then I went back to the the airport. What else did I do? I mean, I didn't have any super terrible airport experiences. Uh, I went to Seattle. Uh Security on the flight back, it was very early in the morning. It was about Six when I got to uh the airport, and security was very much backed up at six a m at the C- Seattle airport um, yeah, was not, yeah, it was not fun um uh took about half an hour to get through it altogether. I was not late for my flight, but um uh, I got a cold brew from the uh from one of the many starbuckses in the Seattle airport, and uh the Sweet cream was kind of chunky, and so I threw it away.
0: You know, I'm both of those things, sweet and chunky.
1: Mm. Yeah, I mean, as writing on the... Oh, I do have one very funny on the plane story that I tweeted about. So if any listeners follow me on Twitter, you will have this spoiled for you. Um, I flew with Alaska, and I... uh, That's the name of
0: Zach's uh,
1: child. Yes. My, my little, my little child, Alaska. Uh, I named it after the airline, not the state. We need to be very clear. Uh, no, I flew with Alaska airlines, um, did not have any issues with their service. Didn't have, I, aside from my flight being delayed, which they emailed and texted me separately twice, apologizing for the flight being delayed, but did not offer me any like form of like recompense and so did
0: they give you what what was what was your what was your airline food and beverage options
1: uh i uh flight there i got a alaska has these little fruit and cheese boxes that you can you can pre-order on their app and so i got i got a fruit and cheese uh thing that was actually really good Uh, The cheese was very good. The apples were a little average. They weren't like amazing, but the grapes were still very crisp. Uh, I had this little chocolate toffee thing that was great. And I had a ginger ale. It was not Canada dry, so that was a little disappointing. Yeah, and then on the flight back, I had, it was still in the morning, and I had to throw my cold brew away. So I had a coffee and uh, a Biscoff, those little cookie butter things that are really good. I tried to find them in a store today and I could not find them. And I was very disappointed.
0: So did you know, do you know why those grapes didn't taste that good? The grapes were,
1: the grapes were fine. The apples were sort of. Oh, sorry. Did you know why the apples didn't taste that good? I'm sorry. Uh, I think it's just because they probably cut them earlier in the day. There's actually a scientific
0: reason for this. Why is that? So I'm like, this isn't a bit, this is actual legitimate. This is just an information that I know. Sure. Um, at 30,000 feet, the human tongue goes a little numb and you lose about a third of your taste buds. Um, hmm. And then the microclimate of an airplane is drier than most spaces because you have all that dry air, right? Sure. Um, and that, that causes your nose to stuff a little bit. Um, so food, it, it changes the way food tastes, which is why it's so hard. It's, it's why uh, your sensitivity to like salty and sugary flavors um is a little off and that that explains why passengers really like uh very strong things like tomato juice is one of the more heavily ordered beverages on a plane because it tastes you can
1: like taste it interesting yeah i I did not clock that mm -hmm. when i was in the air like i did not clock that my taste was deficient but that's that's interesting thing to think about
0: That it's a, yeah, it's a real, Mm. I was, I don't know where I read that, but I read it in the not far away, Pat, in very recent history. um, Mm -hmm. That it's like your taste is actually affected that high in the air. So that's probably why those apples didn't take, because apples don't taste that strongly to begin with. Sure. That's a fun little fact for you listeners out there. Now, Mm -hmm. Zach mentioned that he hadn't seen nonstop, which might've caused our listeners some alarm because you all
1: in droves came out and asked us to watch. I didn't, get t- I didn't get to tell my story that I had previously tweeted about. Oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. I, I thought, thought yeah, it's yeah. Very obviously, yes, it's very obviously. Uh, on Alaska's app, they kind of show you a little bit of what you will be able to peruse vis-a-vis um, in-flight entertainment options. Now, Alaska does this thing in which you have to provide your own device that you can stream in-flight entertainment to for free. So if you have a phone or a computer or a tablet, you can use your tablet to access Alaska's library of in-flight movies and TV for free and watch them on your own device. Um, So I had looked up what they had. They had some newer things. I think they had like uh, the newer like Downton Abbey movie. They had like Sonic 2, a few of the more recent Marvel things. Um, They also had Morbius. And I was texting a mutual friend of ours asking if Morbius was like the most cursed or like funny thing that you could watch in an airplane. Because, I mean, I think Alaska still does this to some point as well. Like if you watch a rated R movie on in-flight entertainment, some of it will be like edited to um so that anyone like watching over your shoulder doesn't like have a thing. So I wasn't I wasn't. And just for the courtesy of my like fellow passengers, I wasn't going to watch like something super like insane on my three hour flight to Seattle. Um, So I I threw up Morbius as a joke um, about I'm about a minute into the movie and I look over the seat between me and the other guy in my row was empty, which was really cool. That is Uh, awesome. The plane was otherwise packed except for that seat for apparently. And so I was like, I really looked out. Uh, And I looked over at the guy next, uh, next to me. And he had also started watching Morbius on his own device. And part of me wanted so badly. And I never would actually do this because I hate talking to strangers. Um, But part of me wanted so badly to like lean over and nudge him and be like, heck of a movie, huh? Give Morbius, him a crisp huh? give him a crisp high five. Give him a crisp high five. We, we love this this Dr. Michael Morbius, the living vampire. Um, I don't think he watched the Michael Keaton and credit scenes for that that film. So he
0: I mean he missed out. Yeah, so, to some extent. Uh fake fan. Zach, what was your what was
1: your give me
0: give me a little uh, a mini review of Morbius?
1: Um it's not incompetently made, but it is altogether unnecessary. Uh, Jared Leto talks like a bored Jake Gyllenhaal throughout the entire film. Matt Smith is really good before he becomes the anti-vampire villain. Well, vampire villain who is like the anti-Morbius. Um, uh, and he's bad after he becomes the, the villain. Um, you forget that Jared Harris is in the film. That's about it. Thank you, Zach, for it that review. A, it is a two out of five. Two out of
0: five. Speaking of two out of five, uh, that new movie, "Meet Cute" with Pete Davidson and...
1: Uh, really Cuoco, right?
0: Yeah, is, is, not, is not good.
1: Um, I probably two, wasn't going to watch it.
0: Yeah, what is good, uh, since we've last talked, uh, movies I've loved that I've seen since the last episode, Confess Fletch is...
1: Awesome. I, I want to go through all of the currently extant Fletch movies before I watch that, though. I saw the uh, first Fletch, like, five years ago, so I need to rewatch it. And then right. I need to watch Fletch 2 and then go to Confess Fletch.
0: I also really, really enjoyed Bros um, nice. with Billy, Billy Eichner. I thought that was, I thought it was really I- fun. I can't remember any other movies I've seen. I have avoided watching... I've avoided watching Don't Worry Darling. Um, yeah,
1: I I have not seen that. I haven't seen Barbarian. I hear people really like that movie because of how crazy it is. Uh, I was going to see it with a friend, but I talked him into watching Woman King with me instead, which is also a pretty good movie. Yes, that movie has
0: some mixed reviews from a subculture that is sometimes confusing to me.
1: Yeah. Um I will say it's not necessarily historically accurate, but like sure. the, the story it tells is pretty cool. And I like, sure. a, I like a big historical action epic. Let me say this.
0: I, for one, am delighted that the season six or seven, I don't know which one, episode one of Riverdale is titled Don't Worry, Darling. I think the Riverdale Writers Room has the time of their life.
1: You have watched much much more riverdale than i have
0: that is solely thanks to my siblings and Uh, how we uh started hate watching it together and now legitimately are like the show is not good but it's a good time
1: i quit all cw shows after i think season three of the flash when i realized that every episode was more or less the same and yes That is, that's kind of how, how I am with, so I maybe caught like, plus I was never like an Archie guy, not that I hated him. It just was never something that I was into. So it's like, even, even though like they are Archie characters in name only. Right. Like I just never, I didn't see it. So. Right.
0: Now our viewers did want us to watch a movie starring Liam Neeson and that movie, of course, as you
1: know, Zach was indeed
0: Taken 3.
1: Taken 3. That's the one where it's the fugitive.
0: Yes. He's being hunted instead of doing the hunting.
1: He is mistaken for a criminal.
0: And he is the one who says, good luck, when somebody says, I will find you and I will arrest you. Yeah. I mean, Taken 3, if I recall correctly, um, is better than Taken 2. But is uh there's a lot of camera cuts in that movie that make it a little that, jarring and confusing. The,
1: that's the one where the the Liam Neeson hopping a fence like clip came from, right?: Yeah, where it's like twelve cuts to get him over the fence.:
0: Yep, yep. I mean, he was like pushing sixty and probably just couldn't.:
1: I think he was probably pushing 70 at that point. Let's see how old Liam Neeson is now. He is much like Sam Jackson. He's a, probably a bit older than he looks. Liam yeah. Neeson is 70 right now.
0: Yeah, so um, for taking three, he would have been, yeah, 65.
1: Early, early 60s, mid-60s. Yeah. I wish he'd
0: stop doing action movies and just get back to, he's a good actor when he wants to be. So. Yeah,
1: yeah. That episode of Atlanta that he was in was really good.
0: I agree. That episode was amazing. Everybody should watch Atlanta. It's on Hulu, and it's, it's in its final season right now, and it's just a well-done television show. Um
1: yeah so uh, uh, yeah what did you what did you do you have something I was gonna segue into what our reviewers
0: asked us to talk about this week sure. so um you viewers you you went ahead and asked us to talk about let's see one of you wanted to talk about the name want us to talk about the names for groups of animals, so Zach, listen, what I've done is. I've pulled up on my end um, a English uh, an English language learner's website, sure. uh, like Duolingo, that helps people figure out the most common uh, names for groups of animals. So uh, here's here's this website's breakdown of it. When speaking when speaking of animals with hooves or grazing animals use the word that is a herd like cattle sheep horses goats i don't know where we got that word probably from something latin down the line like it probably came
1: you've got herd you've got flock right just for like birds um schools of fish don't know why it's called a school i just think Uh, groups of fish that's cool that's cool that's 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 nothing
0: now some some other uses of herd that don't fit into the hooved or grazing unless you'd consider these animals grazing would be elephants um
1: mm-hmm. giraffes and hippos giraffes don't have hooves they I do they, they do they have like they have these t- those toeish things right let me google yeah. what a giraffe foot looks like cuz how how easily we are distracted by their their necks yeah they have. The giraffe.
0: Sung hero of the giraffe is the hoof, for the neck would not stand without it. Now, uh, generally used for birth groups of small mammals like kittens, piglets, and puppies is a litter. Yep. I'm not sure, again, where that came from. I don't know the etymology of these things, and I don't know if that's what we want to talk about. I could guess someone could look that up, but eh. Now, colony... Is used for insects like ants and termites. Yep. But it's also used for penguins, rabbits, and bats. Correct. Which I didn't. I didn't know some of that. Yeah. Um. Now here it says on this on this English learning site that swarm is used for flying insects. I didn't realize that that was actually like the correct term for it. I thought that was more of just a thing people said when there was a lot of flying insects.
1: I, I think, well, there's also, like, hive.
0: Which would be more for, like, bees is, and wasps, I feel. Which
1: also just more, like, a location. Sure. As well. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I associate swarm with, with flying, like you said. So, I don't know. So, and then it says
0: flock is used for all birds, regardless of whether in flight or on the ground. Other than penguins, which is colony. So it's a flock of ostriches, it's a flock of emus, it's a flock of whatever. Um, but flock is also commonly used for sheep and goats. So I don't know why we paired that up. And then sea mammals is a pod, pod of Mm -hmm. dolphins, um, or a pod of seals, which I don't know. That's what we call it a group of seals. Um, and then of course, pride for lions. Um pack for dogs but now are you ready for some of the weirder ones that i just learned sure before we get to the weirder ones actually i want to know the little asterisk at the bottom of this um little list the asterisk is when in doubt use a generic word like bunch or even group yeah that's a whole bunch of sheep that's a nice group of tigers
1: what is just, the proper what's the proper one for tigers
0: that's a great great question it looks like
1: do you know what the proper one for tigers is do not that's why i asked
0: an ambush nice it's an ambush of tigers nice that's amazing guess what a group of wombats is called i'm gonna just give you some of my
1: favorites it's a uh it is a congress of wombats
0: it's a wisdom nice look at that wisdom of wombats
1: amazing Not an animal I often associate wisdom with, but sure. Okay.
0: Also, wombats are huge. They are big. I always thought they were the size of like a football. No. Yeah, those things are big. Yeah. A rhinoceros, a group of rhinoceroses, I guess is the plural of rhinoceros. A group of rhinoceroses is a crash. Good. Which is funny to me. Good. Huge. A group of porcupines is a prickle. Sure. Which is funny. Pigs, obviously, when they're smaller, it's a litter. When it's a group of them, apparently it's a drove. Hmm. But when it's a bunch of old pigs, they're called a team. Hmm. Which is very funny. A Parliament of Owls. I think I did that, actually. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I think
1: I did know that. I guess Batman... I guess Parliament is a big word to fit on the comic book cover. So they the Parliament of Owls. Yeah. Yeah. A kangaroo is called a mob. A yep. mob of kangaroos. It's an unkindness of rooks, which are like crows. Oh, or I like it's, that. No, it's like an unkindness of ravens. Let me see. I, I had this looked up just a, a second ago. Unkindness <laughs> of ravens, I believe. It's a
0: flamboyance Uh, of flamingos, a flamboyance. Of course. Yeah, I don't know where we would have gotten these words for, like how we decided them, no. Zach, I want you to Google and tell me what a group of cheetahs is called.
1: It is a coalition of cheetahs. (laughs) Coalition. Coalition. They have their differences, but they come together to solve this problem. What
0: a weird elephants a herd or a parade uh did you know that elephants actually have a very sophisticated consciousness so like elephant graveyards are a real thing where where elephants will go and like mourn and when one of them dies they'll bring their bones like they'll they'll essentially bury their dead and like when one of them dies, it's like a whole. They all go to the graveyard with the bones and like have a mourning ritual, mm-hmm. essentially. Yeah, which is really sophisticated and evolved. They also, interestingly, uh, it is well documented that dating back thousands of years, that elephants actually have a form of worship, uh, and they worship the moon, hmm. which is which is really cool. So whenever there's a full moon. Uh, in the Sahara or where elephants are, they all will grab with their trunks big sticks and, like, wave them towards the moon and then, like, bow. And that's a real fact, that elephants have a form of worship and, like, a burial process. And I am... Yeah, it's like...
1: I mean, did you you read the story from a few months ago about the the woman who was killed by an elephant and then the elephant showed up at her funeral and like stomped on her casket. Yeah. Yeah. That's elephants the thing. Are wild. Yeah. Yeah. And that's
0: like it's the thing is elephants don't it's not like African elephants or Indian elephants that worship. Them. It's like all elephants will, when the moon is waxing and is full, will pick up branches, wave branches. Bow before it, and then they do. I just googled it to confirm that I'm not imagining this. They will do ritual bathing. Hmm. It's like
1: wild to me. Tom, you we talked a little bit about movies we we've been watching in theaters. I would like to talk about Tom movie I saw in theaters a couple days ago. Yeah, a few a few of our listeners might have heard about it. It's a little movie called Avatar. Uh, Tom, the
0: Last Airbender.
1: No, Avatar james cameron's avatar so
0: you're one of the reasons i got 20 million
1: i don't know if i've seen the numbers for this last week i did not watch it opening night i watched it like on a thursday night so tom i don't know what your actual opinions regarding this movie featuring tall blue aliens are i saw it once i saw it once on a train that's the only time i've seen it as James Cameron intended. I definitely, I did not see it when it first came out. I watched it early college, maybe late high school. I uh, thought it was fine. Didn't really care much about it. I watched it the other night and was like, hey, I understand why this movie made $2 billion. Really? This is kind of pretty cool. I don't think it's perfect. I think the exposition at the beginning is very clunky. Because they have to tell you everything starting out. They, they have to tell you what this planet's about. They have to tell you why Sam Worthington's here. They have to tell you what the Avatar scientific thing is. Because uh, Sigourney Weaver has to grumble about five different things. It is kind of clunky getting into the action of the film. But once the action starts, I really enjoyed it. And I am very much now looking forward to Way of Water. And I want to know, Tom, is it like, see if you have an opinion on this, is, do you think that there is a, like, a system, like, why, why, and this is a broader conversation, um, because there were articles with this Avatar re-release about, like, why, why do we care about Avatar again all of a sudden, like, did it even make a big cultural footprint despite as much the, the enormous amount of money that it made. And Tom, I would, I pause it to you when not that you were the expert of this topic, but do you think like, there's a reason why like people didn't like avatar when it first came out or like why it is quote unquote forgotten or like, what is, do you think there's a deal there? Or like, even, even like, what is, what is the thing about, big like mid to late 2000s blockbusters that only dark knight is really the only one we still care about interesting um because so i also all- just a quick addendum i also when i was in seattle uh caught about two-thirds of kingdom of the crystal skull on tv and thought it was actually kind of fun not again not perfect but like i had a good time when i watched it like what why have yeah. we dismissed so many so many of these
0: yeah wow okay sorry so i just i just looked up the highest grossing movies of 2009 because i wanted to see what else was up there with avatar um and first of all i did not realize the first fast and furious movie came out in 2009 no
1: that's four.
0: Oh, it's just called four was just called fast and furious, fast and furious. yeah okay i was gonna say i was like wow they've really pumped those out i mean they have but yeah, on a slightly longer timetable. So, okay. Yeah. So, first of all, I am I am excited for Avatar 2 Way of Water just because I, I don't know. I, I remember not disliking the first one. I remember thinking it was a little long. Um, sure. But I think, yeah, theater experience, seeing it all on the big screen would be fun. I think Avatar 2 is primed to, I mean, clear 1.5 billion. I don't know I, if it's going to beat the first one.
1: I don't know if it's going to beat Top Gun, Maverick. Sure, I sure. think that was such like a huge like summer hit. Yeah, that it's going to, it's pretty daunting to come up against that. I feel like aside from that, it doesn't have a ton of competition. Sure. So
0: in two thousand nine, Avatar happened. I don't. I don't know if I would fully agree with your assessment of, and maybe I'm misunderstanding your assessment. I don't know if we've forgotten Avatar.
1: Um, I think do, we've. Wh- I, yeah. I don't think we have either. Why do some people think we have? I think... That is an argument that I've seen being made, is that Avatar is, like, nothing.
0: Well, I think a lot of people are like, it wasn't... It would make sense to people if Avengers Endgame was the highest grossing movie of all time. Sure. Um, Because it's very much at a popular level, and it's very much been... It was kind of the culmination of a very popular franchise. That would make sense to people. Or if Star Wars The Force Awakens, or if, if something like that. But Avatar, I don't think... I think a lot of people who are approximately our age in their mid-20s who, when Avatar came out, would have been – how old were we in 2009? Like not I like think I was – that would have been in middle school, probably. Right. So we were in middle school. Avatar wasn't for us. True. Um, it, it wasn't made for us. Nobody, nobody our age was going to go and sit in the theater for three hours and be like, wow, Avatar, I'm obsessed um so i think for a lot of people our age it's a little perplexing to us why a movie that we saw later on dvd or on netflix or something like that Mm -hmm. and thought was okay like it was fine um did that well so i would liken it actually to this i think if If George Lucas came out with Star Wars in 1977, which when Star Wars came out, it was the highest grossing movie of all time. Yeah. And then waited, what's it been? 15 years to do Empire Strikes Back. I think you would have a generation of people confused with why Star Wars grossed as much as it did. Sure. I think you just have a bunch of people who are like, why why does everybody love this movie so much? It's like, yeah, because you weren't there when it came out and you weren't one of the people it was made for.
1: And like the addendum, the Crystal Skull addendum just like no nah, I I'm I agree with what you're saying. I think Star Wars is a little bit different because it is possibly aimed at a younger audience, but I think the overall point still stands. Uh, I think with Crystal Skull it's because you had at least two really good Indiana Jones movies prior to Crystal Skull. Right. And like you wait 20-ish years for the next one, and it isn't as good as the two that you like. Mm-hmm. I understand why people like that. The The hate that Crystal Skull gets is a little fuzzy to me. Like, I all agree it's not a perfect film, and, like, there are definitely things I don't like about it, but, like, it is still, like, a fun, Silberg, Indiana Jones movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I agree.
0: I think. I think another thing is... When Avatar came out, it was, to our again, to our generation, people in their mid-20s, regardless of what the movie is, it tends to be that if Christopher Nolan's name is on it for people our age, mm-hmm. we are excited and we're in. Yeah. That was James Cameron. That is James Cameron for people
1: 15 Kinda, yeah, years older true. than
0: us. Like, he yeah. did, he's the guy who did Terminator. He's the guy who did... Alien. He's the guy who or aliens. He's the guy who did Titanic. Titanic. Like yeah. he's the guy who makes the big movies. So he did Avatar. And everyone was like, This is James Cameron. And to my knowledge, and Zach, you can correct me if I'm wrong, he's done nothing since Avatar.
1: Well, he's done a lot of like um well, he's found ways to make more money off of Avatar.
0: Right. But I don't um, think he's directed a single like, thing.
1: He's done like documentaries about like oceans okay okay I, think. Like,
0: I don't think he's directed no i don't think he's directed anything since no, Avatar. He, was,
1: he was going to do um he was going to do elite battle angel i believe at one point
0: i think he maybe produced he still that it, still did
1: produce it i think he handed it off to rodriguez yeah uh, but yeah i think this like he is i think he's fully banked almost everything on it is a good good thing he also returned he produced uh the terminator movie that came out three years ago that no one remembers um
0: right but as far as directing and like writing goes i think he's done nothing since avatar
1: no so like
0: right so like this is this is like people in their late 30s to mid 40s this is their guy like this is this is their guy and in the same way that when I'm in my mid 30s and Christopher Nolan comes out with something, and then people who are in their 20s who are now 10, how old I would have been when, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, people who are 10 are gonna be like, what is the deal with like, so they're gonna be like, guys, like Inception was fine. Like, it was, it was fine. And I'll be like, yeah, yeah. But like, it was a culture, like, it was a whole thing when it came yeah. out. And like, everyone was obsessed about it and everyone was, it was like, it was like a thing. And they're gonna be like, I don't I don't understand. How is it a thing? It's just a movie. And I'm like, yeah, but it like it like broke what cinema could be and it like changed. And they're gonna be like, I don't I don't understand why you're so obsessed with inception. And I'm gonna be like, I you had to be there. Like you <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Um and I don't know. I think that's how I'd explain Avatar, but I'm I mean, I'll watch Avatar too. And I'm I
1: think uh the CGI in at least the way of water trailers looks to have fixed the problems that are kind of still there even with the current remaster of avatar one in theaters. Sure. So like it looks a little bit more lived in. It looks a little less like a little less, there's less of a barrier between real and fake in my opinion, in at least the way of water trailer as there is in the original avatar.
0: Sure. So late 2000s. So 2009 avatar was the highest grossing movie. Mm Mm-hmm. I think
1: there is probably something to be said for there being every Marvel movie that came out between the release of Avatar and now.
0: Yeah. And also the
1: the rise of social media and, like, the way film discourse has changed.
0: Right. And, yeah, the way – yeah, it was like, have you seen Avatar? Or, like, have you seen – and, like, it was just word of mouth and it was, like, very, like – you had to be there sort of thing. You know what I mean? You couldn't couldn't just jump on the internet back in the day – like for people our generation, you couldn't just be like, "Watch, let me watch a YouTube video that explains the ending of Inception," or like, "Let me watch a you." It was you had to be there. It was a whole thing. Um, so who knew that I was this passionate about Inception? I did not until we hit record. I, I guess I am passionate about that movie. Um, so Avatar's highest-grossing movie with two point seven billion with a B, the distant mm-hmm. second. At nine hundred million, so almost that,
1: two for that billion
0: year. less. Yes, at, for that year, With almost two billion less is Harry Potter and the Half Blood Prince. Sure, which
1: yeah, people still the, like and talk that's about like the sixth. That's the sixth Harry Potter movie too. Like it's got yeah it's behind got base.
0: behind that is Ice Age: Dawn of the Dinosaurs.
1: I did not see that one
0: behind that is transformers revenge of the fallen which again a franchise and then behind that is up which tracks up is great Mm -hmm. and then behind that is 2012 which i know nothing about
1: well that's the movie that was made i think that's a roland emmerich one that's the one that's about like what will happen in the year 2012 because the mind calendar and such i think it's uh woody harrelson and john cusack and like i remember trailers for that because it's just like everything falls apart in 2012 right uh, um volcanoes and floods and earthquakes and all that stuff after that it's the i don't know what
0: number twilight movie it's new moon whichever one second, that is the second one okay and then it's the first robert downey jr sherlock yeah uh, which people still have an affinity for. I think people would still be excited if they announced the third one, finally. Mm-hmm. I think there'd still be, similar to like an Avatar 2, I think if they announced an, the next Sherlock Holmes with Robert Downey Jr., I think there'd still be excitement for it. Sure. After that, it's Angels and Demons. Which uh, is
1: Da Vinci Code 2, right?
0: Yeah. yeah. Ron Howard,
1: uh, Tom Hanks.
0: Yep, yeah. yep. Yeah. And then... uh the 10th, I'm just going to do top 10.
1: The 10th one is The Hangover. See, that's wild because The Hangover made a ton of money. Oh, yeah. Like people, that that being said, because The Hangover was probably not extremely expensive to make. For sure. Uh, so it was very, very profitable because no one, I think the most famous person in that movie at the time was probably Mike Tyson. Right. And then like everybody else blew up. I mean, Ed Helms was on The Office at the time, but like everybody else, blew up. Zach Galifianakis blows up. Bradley Cooper blows up. Helms, well, and Ed Helms would have like,
0: I, if 2009, he would have like just been getting on The Office. He doesn't come till like season three or four, right? I
1: think it's season
0: three. Okay, right, and The Office started in 05, didn't it? I think so. So he like, you no, know,
1: he would, you might be wrong with that, but yeah, I think he's season three.
0: Right. So my point is, he would have. By 2009, he'd be on the office, but he wouldn't be like he wouldn't be like it's the guy from the office. You know what I mean? Yeah, like it's- and and
1: like I think they, I think well, he's also on the Daily Show before that. But he um he I, there's this there's the episode where Jim pranks Andy so hard that Andy explodes into a fit of rage and is forced to do anger management classes and is gone for like six ish episodes. And I'm pretty sure that's just an excuse for Ed Helms to free to like briefly leave the show to go film hangover. Yeah. That makes sense. And then he comes back. Yeah. But hangover made a lot of money. So yeah, I think a lot of things that year just cleaning shop. Like, yeah. For, for the beginning of the recession, like a lot of people go into the movies. Um, and then 2008,
0: like you said, it was dark Knight, And then number two was crystal skull. Yeah. Number three was Kung Fu Panda, which makes sense. Good movie. Or surprisingly, is Hancock.
1: Oh wow. Talk about movies that don't really exist anymore.
0: Yeah. I forgot Hancock existed. Um, yeah. So no, there's I would
1: have I would have said that Iron Man would have made more money in two thousand eight than Hancock did.
0: Iron Man barely cracked the top ten because after Hancock it's Mamma Mia, which of course makes sense. Mamma Mia is a perfect movie. After Mamma Mia, it's Madagascar. Escape to Africa. Yep, and then at seven, it's Quantum of Solace. Sure, the Forgotten Bond movie because it's it very bad.
1: We definitely, definitely would have made would have put money on uh, Iron Man making more money than Quantum of Solace. Then there's Wally. Good. And then it's Iron Man, and then it's Prince Caspian. I wouldn't. Th- I didn't know Prince Caspian made that much money. Uh do we want to keep talking about box offices or do we want to keep going into something else? Let's
0: transition to upcoming movies. Uh I know there was one that you wanted to talk about. Very exciting.
1: Was there? What was I gonna talk about? It's had six seasons already. Oh baby, yes. I I I'm sure everyone who listens to this already knows. But uh we did it we, we finally have, did it we have mission accomplished we have converted this darkest timeline into the dankest timeline because the community movie is officially happening uh that's on right peacock, folks which is ironic um, all
0: it took right yeah because they canceled community and then i had to go yeah. to yahoo yeah is the sixth season of community even on peacock
1: i don't know i don't know how much of community is on peacock no. i know uh the sixth season of community is on everything else like yahoo didn't make that exclusive like it's on netflix it's on prime Um, yahoo originals doesn't exist anymore does it no i'm pretty sure community was the only thing that they had the money to do sorry
0: i know that we said we were going to drift away from box office we'll be right back with community i just want to note that in 2007 it's exactly what you'd expect in that it's at world's end mm-hmm. for, and then it's order of the phoenix Spider-Man 3 Shrek the 3rd the first transformers movies Ratatouille the Simpson movie National Treasure Book of Secrets
1: one of my dad's favorite movies National Treasure. And then it's but here's where it gets
0: weird are you ready Mhm it's then 300 which sure I guess yeah. the bros were happy yeah, And then the, the born Ultimatum, which tracks.
1: Sure. It's the end of that trilogy. Mm-hmm.
0: People but want to then, see Zach, it's the Golden Compass. Yeah. Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer. Mm-hmm. The B-movie. Good. Then a movie called
1: Wild Hogs. You don't know about Wild Hogs. I remember I- Wild Hogs. Wild Hogs is about a group of middle-aged men who want to start a motorcycle gang, and it stars Tim Allen, oh um, William H Macy. That's all I. That's the only people I can remember in the movie.
0: Yeah, I know nothing about that movie. I just Wild Hogs. Somehow, it made more money than like a lot of other movies I've heard of that I feel like are still prominent in today's consciousness.
1: Oh, yeah, it's it is Tim Allen, John Travolta, Martin Lawrence, and William H. Macy. Bizarre. Tom, I would love if you wanted to talk some Oh, community, community movie. Very good. Everybody's coming back. As far as I can tell, except maybe Chevy Chase, which checks out. I saw some press outlets were not completely sure regarding Donald Glover or Yvette Nicole Brown. But I. I have to believe that both of them would be into it.
0: For sure, you got Nicole Brown. Yeah, Donald Glover is like the busiest man in the world. So, like, but I assume he'd come. Even he'll be a, at at minimum he'd cameo. Yeah. And now again, I'm gonna. I just thought of a fun game we could try and play. I don't know how well it's gonna work. This wasn't planned. So, Zach, you can yeah. you can veto this game, and we'll move on to my next thing because I have. We have two more things we have to address. Okay. Between two, for the odds, 2000 to 2009, what are the odds you've heard of and could give me as much detail as you did about Wild Hogs? Like, you know, you don't need to know much about it, but just like the 100th highest grossing movie of each year.
1: All right, I'll play. Okay. How many,
0: what's your guess between of the 10 years, how many out of 10 do you think you'll know?
1: Uh, high end, four. Low end, at least probably just one.
0: Okay. So for two thousand, the one hundredth highest grossing movie, <laughs> Reindeer Games.
1: Reindeer Games is a movie, I believe, with Ben Affleck, and it's uh, it's like these guys in Santa suits and they're robbing a house. I think.
0: I just googled it and. Ben Affleck is in it. Just released from prison. He wants to start a life with Charlize Theron. Theron.
1: I've heard it both ways. It's like a crime yeah. comedy.
0: Yeah, you're right. You're right. All right, you're one for one. Okay. All right, 2001 is how high?
1: I don't know. I'm guessing. I, I've never heard of this. I'm just guessing from the title. It's a stoner comedy.
0: Multi-platinum rap superstar. Probably not a stoner comedy. Smoke something magical. Oh. Ace their college entrance exams and wind up at Harvard. Ivy League ways are strange, but Silas and Jamal take it in stride until their supply of supernatural smoke runs dry. That's when they have to start living by their wits.
1: (laughs) Starring uh, Method Man and Red Man. From uh the Wu Tang clan.
0: Okay, two thousand two. We're looking at oh, National Lampoons Van Wilder.
1: That's uh Ryan Reynolds, and he's like a college bro, and he loves to party.
0: Speaking of Ryan Reynolds, uh they announced that Wolverine is coming back for Deadpool 3.
1: I'm not a Deadpool guy. Mm -hmm. Leave Hugh alone. Uh, Leave him alone. He doesn't need to be in this film. All right.
0: I mean I'm gonna watch it, but yeah. Um two thousand three, one hundred number one hundred is I was
1: correct about Van Wilder, correct?
0: Yeah, I just assumed you were.
1: Yeah. So I'm 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 technically two. Kind of three, though. Kind of three.
0: So for two thousand three, number one hundred is
1: Uptown Girls. I don't know. Uptown girls. a grown-up
0: woman who kept her childish instincts and behavior starts working as the nanny of an eight-year-old girl who acts like an adult
1: interesting yeah i could not have told you that
0: yeah i know nothing about that um 2004 number one hundo be with you
1: couldn't tell you that one either
0: it's sad because 101 is napoleon dynamite dang
1: good one don't know to be with you
0: broken flowers from
1: 2005 broken flowers sounds familiar i don't know if there's a the thing in my mind is broken glass which i know is a different thing so i know that's incorrect i don't know what broken flowers is no broken flowers is the it's the bill murray movie is it bill murray and like he's like talking to like his ex-girlfriends yeah Yep. Okay. Okay. I only know that because Blank Check was talking about Tilda Swinton in one of their recent episodes, and they mentioned her in that movie.
0: I just, I want to take a moment. Two thousand five. Your top ten are what you'd expect. It's *Goblet of Fire*, *Revenge of the Sith*, *Lion the Witch and the Wardrobe*, *Batman Begins*, *Charlie and the Chocolate Factory*. It, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. What gets weird? Here's what made more than The Longest Yard, Brokeback Mountain, The 40-Year-Old Version, Sin City, March of the Penguins, Pride and Prejudice, Cinderella Man, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. What made more than all of those movies is Wallace and Gromit, The Curse of the Were-Rabbit. Nice. Which I did not see coming, but I have seen that movie many times.
1: I believe that won the Oscar for Best Animated Feature that year. Oh, my. Uh, What was number 100, though?
0: We already did that one. That was Broken Flowers.
1: Okay. Okay. 2006 2006.
0: is lucky number 11.
1: That's like a crime thing with Morgan Freeman and Josh Hartnett. Uh, That's basically all I could tell you.
0: That's enough. I mean, you
1: got it. It stars both of those people. Zach knows his films. It's a blessing and a curse. My brain is a sponge and I can't... I don't need to know about Lucky Number 7.
0: 2007, Tyler
1: Perry's Why Did I Get Married? That seems fairly self-explanatory. It's a Tyler Perry movie. It's probably a comedy regarding marriage. 2008
0: is Meet Dave.
1: Meet Dave is the... uh, eddie murphy movie where eddie murphy plays a robot that is piloted by smaller people including a smaller eddie murphy
0: he's right folks he's right you did way better than you you even your stretch goal
1: i was surprised that i knew some of these
0: number or 2009 the last one is i can do bad all by myself
1: i think that's another tyler perry movie but it's more of a drama Uh, I think Medea might still be in it, though. Um, And it's Taraji P. Henson.
0: When Medea catches 16-year-old Jennifer and her two younger brothers looting her home, she takes matters into her own hand. Yep. Well, how about that? Zach, you actually did real well. Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, Mm-hmm. What else do you want to talk about, Tom?
0: So first, quick shout-out. We only had one sponsor this week. Um. But our sponsor is uh, the Glass Coffin Company. They make coffins made entirely of glass. And uh, that would be Remains to be Seen. So thank you. <laughs> remains to be Seen.
1: was pretty funny.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I appreciate that. Finally, one that Zach liked. All right. Another thing we got to address real quick um as you recall in our last episode the super mega fun size one family size even but not probably not family friendly maybe though who knows i think mostly Um, because mostly disney most of your family could listen to it um so we said send us your hallmark movie pitches
1: did we get some i never saw anyone send us any of them
0: we did let me read you this one and you tell me you know what here's what we'll do this, this pitch is going to serve as my bomb. I'm going to use it as my pitch, but it's not my pitch. It's a fan's pitch.
1: This is a, right. proxy, a proxy bomb.
0: Yeah. It's called Chair We Go Again. Cool. Open. <laughs> remember, it's a Hallmark movie. Yeah. Chair We Go Again. Opens with a young boy and girl with their friends at a Christmas party. They're playing musical chairs. The boy beats the girl. She falls down when he grabs the chair. Fast forward to modern day. She's the CEO of a chair-making company. He works in the factory making the chairs. There's a company Christmas party. They play musical chairs. She beats him this time. And thus ensues the hijinks of a boss-employee-falling-in-love relationship. Throw in them visiting each other's families and an end of act two conflict. And you've got the perfect rom-com.
1: I don't see a lot of potential for Christmas in this, <laughs> which is, I think, I mean, you had the holiday party, which they talked about, but that's kind of Hallmark bread and butter. This is the a high concept enough, but low budget enough rom-com that Hallmark would be all over it, I feel. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Sure. I've seen, there and you I've, go watched, to f- I've watched and heard of worse Hallmark films.
0: How do you, how do you think the ethics, like the ethical, if, if, a if an HR professional watched every Hallmark movie, cause like a relationship between a bot, like the CEO and somebody who works in the factory can't be okay. But like, it's, of all the Hallmark movies, what do you think the percentage of like this is problematic? Like there's a power differential like what would an yeah. HR rep
1: workplace relationships are dicey territory. I am I I can't make any solid judgments over like they're always bad or they're always good because every workplace is different and every relationship mm-hmm. is different, so I really don't know. I do think it is weird. I feel like someone in such a higher position being with someone over whom they can they have so much like that much power is definitely even dicier territory so i don't know i am not an hr professional so i can't really speak to that
0: if it makes the listeners feel better this podcast specifically uh is against um sex at the workplace Especially well, specifically if it's non-consensual.
1: Yes. Don't do that.
0: Um, but we don't we don't stand for you you doing the nasty at work with a coworker if it's non-consensual. If it's consent, I'm really we're just against non-consensual sex in the workplace bathroom.
1: Personally against non-consensual sex anywhere, Tom.
0: Yes, but uh, the only other thing I have for you, Zach, is we got to talk about spoonerisms. It was something that a fan. Still, yeah. you know where you know where spoonerisms
1: came from. I know. I think I believe I know what a spoonerism is. Tell me what a spoonerism is. Spoonerism is when you switch like the usually, I believe, the first letter in a phrase to a different letter, like uh, Pope. It's like po buddies nerfied. is a spoonerism i'm fair i'm familiar with spoonerisms
0: so yeah let me tell you a little bit about them though from 1844 to 1930 the reverend william archibald spooner
1: no way (laughs) yes first of all allow me allow me this one spooner i hardly know her nice Thank you. Reverend
0: William Archibald Spooner. Again, everything I'm about to read might be completely hagiographical ha- or apocryphal.
1: Yeah. Okay. is <laughs> <care. graphical's laughs> weird. Someone's making <laughs> a out of this.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're making William Archibald Spooner sound way better than he was. <laughs> um okay. but no. There this might be a completely apocryphal. I don't care. Don't write me letters. Um So, Reverend William Archibald Spooner was the dean of Oxford and was notoriously prone to the mistake of switching the first letters on accident during during his speeches. The Oxford English Dictionary records the word and its definition as early as 1900, referring specifically to William Archibald Spooner. So, apparently, there was a very famous one that he said during a commencement address again he was the dean where he was talking about he was announcing apparently a hymn that they were about to sing at the commencement at oxford and the name of the hymn was conquering kings their titles take and he said kinkering Kongs, their titles take It's well-documented.
1: To be clear, that is a tough title to get through.
0: Conquering Kings, their titles take. In the Daily Herald in 1928, it talks about Spooner, William Archibald Spooner, and it even says, did a classic Spoonerism in the Daily Herald in 1928, saying he said, Kinkering Kongs, their titles take. Hmm. So that is amazing
1: funny uh yeah i mean i had a couple other things i want to talk about but we're running a bit long so i can maybe push them back to next week uh hey everybody thanks for watching i mean listening you don't watch this do you watch this no way you don't watch this
0: you you just stare at your phone as the time thing just slowly creeps forward as you disassociate and wait for the sweet release of death
1: If that's you, try out listening. It's a little bit more fun. You can do other things while you do it. Uh, And as for us, we got to go. Thanks again.